Hey, we are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero seven. I'm NMFL with my co-host, Miyagi Kapoka. What is up, man? Man, week six is over. We're moving into week seven. Week of the buys. Terrible. Teams on buy this week, Bills, Chargers, Cowboys, Steelers, Vikings, and the Jaguars. Every one of those teams has about four big-time fantasy players on their team. Even the Jags, who won one game now, they have James Robinson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Trevor Lawrence, and Superflex. It's what a week. Yeah, yeah, it is, uh, it's, a, it's a tough week to maneuver, especially in, in redraft leagues where you have a limited bench. It is, uh, it's rough. It's rough out there. Yeah, bye week, more like cry week, am I right? <laughs> Going to make a lot of lesser-known players valuable this week. We'll see how that, that goes. Today's episode, we're going to get into some week six news around the NFL and some injuries. We'll talk some pup list a little bit. Our six-pack of the week will be a six-redraft of the top six players for 2021. And then we'll tell you about some last-minute lineup choices we made that only helped our opponents, and then give you some matchups to take advantage of. But first, let's get into our beer of the day. Miyagi, what are we drinking? Yeah, so today we are uh, keeping it local. We have the uh, Sierra Nevada Northern Hemisphere Harvest. So every year they do a beer where they take, um, it's called wet hopping, where they don't dry out the hops, they're not pelleted, they're whole cone wet hops, basically fresh off the vine. And uh, this year they did straight up Centennial, which is kind of their darling hop. Uh, normally gives you a nice piney, um, like pithy bitter citrusiness to yeah, it. Yeah, I get some of that for sure. Yeah, and um, it, it's just a different IPA experience when you're dealing with wet, wet hops. And um, I enjoy the hell out of this one. And it's raining outside, so I figured it's perfect. So. Yeah, we are a Chico-based podcast, so Sierra Nevada's in our back backyard just down the street, and it's always fun to see when they got new beers coming out. And this one's this one's great. I really, it's it's a lot darker than I expected it to be, but I really like the flavor of it. The wet hop really gives it some uh, some good pininess, like you were saying. I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's like a throwback to IPAs five or six years ago when they were still nice and bitter before they got super light and bright and fruity. Um, which I do enjoy those also, but yeah, this is this is the kind of IPA that got me into loving IPAs. Yeah, this is kind of a punch in the mouth a little bit, which is is my favorite. Yeah. I I'm not as big of a fan as the newer hazy, sweeter, sweeter ones. I like the ones that'll that'll get you. Yeah, uh, that's at Sierra Nevada on all the socials too. Check them out. They're a great brewery, one of the biggest in in the United States for sure. We're happy to have them in our backyard. We're lucky. Um. Week six ends the, the pup list, the physically unable to perform. Guys that were put on that at the beginning of the year get to um, be taken off, and then they have a couple options. They can return to practice right away. A uh, team can place that player on injured reserve, or they can release that player, and they actually have three weeks to do those things. And so I just wanted to mention a couple guys that were on it. Um, it's not a big list. There's not a whole lot. Michael Thomas is probably the biggest one. Yeah. 
Um, he, though, sounds like he's a couple weeks away. I haven't really seen anything definitive about a timeline, but everything I'm seeing sees, says he's, he's at least two to three weeks away. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing, too. And, and it's unfortunate, and it's starting to get um, pretty frustrating within the organization, I hear, because, you know, he did wait to get that surgery. Um, he could have done it earlier. I, I try not to get too rough on him about that because the offseason is the player's time, so they don't want to spend the entire off-season recovering from a surgery but you know he also got a hundred million dollar contract and he's stretched us out quite a bit and it's, it's yeah yeah it seems like an incident that can't be great in the locker room oh, exactly um, i don't know how good of a teammate he's been through the years anyways but this definitely isn't helping yeah Tariq cohen he is um he was on it with a knee injury he's also not close to coming back i again couldn't find anything definitive but it said he's he's still a few weeks away so don't need him to pick up right away but he's off the pup list and i think with this last week khalil herbert just kind of took took that job even more so like dude cohen's been amazing when he was healthy that one year um and it, you, you hope to see him back at that but i mean it, it's other people are taking those snaps now, and Herbert looked more than capable with that. And both Herbert and Montgomery have, have caught the ball. Yeah. Um, not obviously at the level that Cohen does, but they've looked efficient in catching the ball and, and yards after catch and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. Jeff Wilson, he's kind of been a big name this year that's coming off the pup list. Uh, he was the 49ers leading rusher last year, and everyone's kind of been already stashing him a little bit. Yeah. But reading into it, it sounds like he is uh, week 11-ish yeah. is about when it says he's going to be back. So if you have an IR spot and you can stash him, keep stashing him. But with all the buys we have going on and everything like that, if you need to drop him, understandable. Just uh, try to remember in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's such a, a lotto with that Niners backfield anyway. You know, it. it by week 11, it could be, who knows what the hell could be going on back there. Right. Carry on Johnson could be. Oh. <laughs> um, kind of a big one. David Bakhtari is uh, coming back for Green Bay. Um, he protects Aaron's blind side, and uh, he's just a really good offensive lineman. Sounds like they're aiming for week nine. Um, so he's probably one of the sooner coming back. Um, and that, that will help uh, Aaron Rodgers in some of the passing game, help the running game a little bit yeah, too. But say, the other Aaron's going to benefit from that too. His, he's such a huge presence on, on that O-line to, to run to the left side and have that dude blocking in front of you. It's, it's a benefit for sure. And um, Green Bay's offense has looked good already, so that should just help and kind of get the line's cohesiveness, I think. I think he's the, the leader of that line, so that'll help there. 100%. He's an alpha. Kyle Long for Kansas City. He uh, also is coming back on the pup list. He actually came out of retirement to sign with Kansas City this year and then got hurt. It sounds like he's kind of going to be more of the heart and soul of the offensive line, yeah. not necessarily playing. Yeah, I think with – with uh, somebody who has his experience and just his presence in that locker room, he's going to help a lot of cohesiveness. And, and everything you always hear about an offensive line is those, those dudes are family. Like, they eat together, they walk the field together, they do everything together, and they have to be one cohesive unit. It's incredible. And he is one of the top-notch O-line players to ever do it. So to have his experience and just any type of tricks or pointers that he's going to have to throw at that O-line, um, I think is going to benefit hugely. So 
that was the reason they lost the Super Bowl last year. They addressed it in the offseason. So I'm hoping that they get, you know, a, a big cohesive push on that O-line. Yeah, I think he's going to bring a lot of a lot of that to it and help them out. Again, their offenses look pretty good this year too, but I think anything else could help. Yeah. There was definitely some injuries Ugh. this week in the NFL. There's actually been a lot of injuries every week in the NFL, <laughs> but we'll yeah. get into some of the ones this week. Um, Kareem Hunt, he had a calf injury. It looked pretty significant when it happened. Um, there was actually even worry of uh, Achilles. Achilles yeah. um, he's on IR out four to six weeks. Some of the stuff I heard was closer to the six weeks than the four weeks. I don't know if you heard anything different. No, I. that's exactly what I heard is, is six weeks would be like the prime spot for him to come back with that type of injury. And it, it was a pretty significant, you know, tear in the calf. So they don't want to rush that back, especially if they have playoff aspirations, which they seem to. So, Yeah, great news that it wasn't an Achilles. Yeah. That's kind of a killer for, for a running back, mm-hmm. especially Kareem is right at the – he's not old, but he's no longer young either. Yeah. So great to hear that it wasn't an Achilles, but he's definitely going to be out. Um, they did put him on IR already, so that's nice. You can move him to your IR spot if you have that. Dak Prescott, he has a strained calf. He's on bye this week, though. Um, sounded like he said if he had to play on it, he could. Yeah. But it sounds like the bye came at the perfect time for him. It also appeared that it happened on the last <laughs> the, play of the, the game, which was a game-winning play. touchdown. Yeah. It was a walk-off <laughs> touchdown in overtime. Yeah. Um, but... So he's on by this week. Just pay attention for next week. It's, it sounds like he's saying that he's, he wants to be ready. He thinks he will be ready. But just keep an eye on it just in case. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he's going to be out there. I, I think he takes care of his body, um, especially after the injury last year, uh, reading about how he you know, did everything he could to come back and, and be ready for the season. Um, dude's a determined guy. You know, he's got that, like, Russell Wilson laser focus. I'm getting on that field. I'm playing football type of mentality, and I respect the heck yeah. out of that. And, um, yeah, a calf injury might cut down on his mobility a little bit, which would have been a bigger deal a few years ago when, when he was more considered as a scrambling running quarterback. Uh, but dude is slinging the ball all over the place. I, I'm confident in starting him when he comes back. And what the hell's going on with all the calf injuries in one week? Like it's, I know. It's it, been it seems, weird. Yeah, it seems to go like that. There's, like, hamstring injuries all at once, calf injuries. It, it's, yeah. yeah, Antonio Brown, he has a calf injury. Well, going into the week, he had a shin injury. No, Gibson. Oops, Antonio <laughs> Gibson, not Antonio Brown. Antonio Gibson had a – he came in with a hairline fracture in his shin that he said he was going to play through and that he could play through. Then he left the game with that injury. Then he came back in the game, and then he left the game for good with a calf injury. Yeah. Now he's on the injury report with just the shin injury. Um, he hasn't practiced all week and is pr- questionable, but sounds like the only way for it to really heal is to rest him. I yeah. mean, it's not going to get better while he keeps playing, but I, it also sounds like he wants to play through it. Uh, questionable this week. Have you heard anything different? No, I just I, I was you know looking up a couple things, and um, the the calf injury can be accentuated by the shin injury because you're favoring and trying to use that leg more. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it, it could have been like a severe cramping that led to a calf, you know, rupture. Um, 
uh, that's not the right word. Your your leg didn't explode inside there, but um, that's something to keep an eye on if that fracture stays an issue. And also, you know what um, we're starting to see is is uh, what people were worried about when he was coming out of college. He was very explosive on every play, but he wasn't utilized a lot. And now he's getting used quite a bit. And I hope it's not a sign that his body's not quite as durable as we were hoping it was, because when he's good to go, man, he's exciting to see. Oh, he's fun to watch oh, when, yeah. he's, when he's going, making long runs. And, oh, yeah. and that was kind of his thing in college. It was a lot of long runs. Oh, yeah. So hopefully he gets better. I'm torn. I have a lot of shares of Antonio Gibson. And especially this week, I, I really need him to play because of all the buys. But at the same time, I always want my players to be healthy. So I'm a little torn. Yeah, just like his calf. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of torn, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he has a left labrum tear. Um, it's in his left shoulder, not his throwing shoulder. He said he was going to play through it and be good to go, and then they came out yesterday and said that he is out for this week. Probably a good thing. He has kind of appeared that he's hindered by the injury a little bit, so give him some rest. Who's their backup? Keenum? Keenum, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, you want to revisit that trade I sent you? Probably. <laughs> we'll see if Keenum can can get it done, but Baker's definitely out this week. Latavius Murray, he has a ankle sprain. Uh, it said high ankle sprain, what I read, but then it also said that he might play this week, and it, that's not usually how high ankle sprains yeah, go. Yeah, normally high ankle sprains, you're, you're, you're not playing for a few weeks, and then you're not the same for a few weeks even after you start playing again. I, I remember Saquon came back from one... Uh, two years ago, and he came back in three weeks, and it was a miracle. And he still wasn't himself until, I think, week 14. He started actually looking like himself. So um, if it's a high ankle sprain, I, I, would be, I would be hesitant to start him. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what they're doing there. They have <laughs> Tyson Williams. Tyson yeah, Williams, yeah. He, he looks like he's got juice. He looks explosive. Yeah. I mean, I guess the guy just cannot block and save his quarterback. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you got Lamar, that's probably the number one thing on your list of yeah. jobs to do is to block. <laughs> run is probably second. But yeah. I guess we'll see some of the old guys again: Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman. Yeah, bring I, on 2016. Let's do it. <laughs> I picked up Devonta Freeman in the league. And I did too. I'm probably going to play him with with this week with everything going on. Actually, so. I think I'm starting him as well. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a dirty week in football, man. The, the Colts had some injuries, T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. T.Y., another soft tissue injury. He uh, hurt his quad. He's questionable. I, I have a feeling he's just going to be healthy for the next time they play Houston. Yeah, that like, T.Y. Houston, that's when he gets it done. And, and he was on his way. He had 70 yards in the first half or something like that, and then he got injured. And it's like, dude, how, do you, how is it that consistent where you just own a fucking team? It's crazy, too, <laughs> is that his name still holds value to people. Oh, yeah. And every time there's a game where he does decent, the trades that pop up oh, for yeah. team. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I've hated this guy since 2014, yeah. right? <laughs> Paris Campbell, he's actually done for the season. A uh, foot injury, pretty significant. Put him on the IR, so... That's sad. Yeah. He had a he had a big long catch and then was done. Yeah, that's what you were hoping to see w- without the being done part. I mean, dude is explosive. He ran a fast forty. I don't have the exact number, but he's he's a, a good wide receiver. They drafted him early in the draft, and he's just not been able to stay healthy. So stock up on your Pascal. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the trade? Do you remember? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. <laughs> Maybe that trade actually comes out on top now. <laughs> Julio Jones, he has a hamstring injury. I feel like 2016 Julio would play through it. Yeah. 2021 Julio may miss a week. Yeah. Uh, says he's questionable. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate because you saw a glimpse of some amazing stuff. He he had that pass fly off a helmet, and he makes this amazing run to the sideline and taps his toes to get in. Dude's a phenomenal freak. Football. It's just insane. And so you see stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, he's still got it. He's still. And then you know, dude's always playing through injuries, and it never really seems to carry through statistically. But you know, at this age, and it just keeps happening. It's longer to recover. It's it's tough to rely on him right now, which. Just it, it sucks to see because he's been one of my favorite fantasy assets for so long. Yeah, yeah. I've always had Julio on a team or two every year just because I've been a big fan. But, yeah, it's tough now. And it's also it was tough to – I sold him in a bunch of dynasty leagues this offseason. And though I feel good about it now when I see it, it's still – I mean, it's Julio. Yeah, yeah. Alex Collins – uh, running back for Seattle. He has a hip and a glute injury. He is questionable to play right now. It sounds like he might, but, man, he's the Monday night game. Hard, yeah. uh, hard to play that. He, 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 I'm just considering him out because there's no – I mean, even in the bipocalypse Armageddon of, like, all of your stars being out this week, it's so hard to – give up you know the four or five even points that you could get on a backup during the week to gamble on him maybe playing Monday night especially with you know these types of injuries where he's super questionable it sounded like so it sounded like the um, potential of uh, Rashad Penny coming off the IR and maybe potentially starting could be a thing or Homer if you want to try stashing those other running backs and Alex Collins but then you're talking about three bench spots for a potentially a running back on Monday night where you have no idea what's going to happen during the main slate of games on Sunday. So that's just a gamble I'm probably not willing to take unless it's a dynasty league where you have 20 bench spots or if you're in a redraft league where you have an extended bench also. Um, Because normally what you could try to do is maybe pick up those players off of free agency uh, through Sunday as you're hearing what's going on with Alex Collins. But you know, then you also risk your your opponent knowing that you're risking that, and they can go swoop them up before you can also, just to keep you from winning, which is, I've done that before, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not considering Alex Collins or really any of the Seattle running backs at this point. Yeah, I think for myself, if I had DJ Dallas, just because I think he has the highest floor, um, and even then I don't know if I'd want to do it, but I think Penny could start and could be the top guy, but he could also score zero. I think Homer gets the ball, but he could also not really get much, and he could get zero. I feel like DJ Dallas would get you five. Yeah. And if you have no other option and you have Alex Collins and DJ Dallas, do that. But if you have anything else, if Devonta Freeman is available. Yeah, I would – Actually, that's the exact scenario that happened is I'd picked up Alex Collins before and I had to pick up um, Freeman this week and I'm actually starting him. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally understandable. Dawson Knox, (laughs) tight end for the Bills. Uh, He broke a bone in his hand. He had surgery. 
Sounds like he should be out about two to three weeks. He is on bye this week, so that will help. Won't cost him a game. He had been coming on big time. He'd been scoring touchdowns a lot, a lot. And it's tough to see him go, but I am glad that uh, it does sound like it shouldn't be a super long injury. Yeah, and it's happening during the bye week, which is a plus. Um, Allen is just looking for him now. He's like that safety blanket. What I was kind of expecting would that that be the check down guy would be like Singletary or Moss. because I've been tainted by 15 years of Phillip Rivers. But of most wide receivers, they will use their tight end as that little check down safety blanket reception that'll get you a quick five yards. But with Knox explosiveness, and he's actually very athletic, he's been breaking loose and um, he's top five tight end right now. He's killing it. So hopefully he'll get back on that field real quick. Yeah, he actually uh, threw a two point conversion to Allen in their last game and it comes to find out that he'd already broken the bone when he did that so he stayed in the game after it so hopefully you know sounds like surgery went well was successful if you will (laughs) and uh sounds like he should be back on the on the quicker side but definitely out for a little bit oh yeah oh yeah yeah get get well soon uh, speaking of getting well, Miyagi, who hurt you this week? Who did you who did you play that you shouldn't have? Oh, man, well, it, it's not so much who I shouldn't have. It it, it was the right decision, but um, I played McLaren, um, even though I knew he was kind of dealing with a hamstring injury. My belief in him is it knows no limits. I think he's going to be amazing. I love him on and off the field. I think he's going to be great. So when I have him, I play him. Um, but hamstring issues, especially for wide receivers, can definitely cut down on your explosiveness, can definitely hamper your route tree. Um, those cuts in and out of breaks are more tentative, which means corners can get on you quicker, which means um, you're not as open, and that turns into uh, four receptions. And he was targeted eight times, which is awesome. Uh, they're Heineke targets, so I don't know how accurate they were. I do think he's a competent quarterback, but. Um, yeah, he got four of them for, I think it's his season low, if not all-time low, of just 28 yards. Ouch. And, yeah, out of, out of a wide receiver that, you know, throughout this year he's been either getting over 80 yards or getting touchdowns, um, it, it just sucked to see. And it, it, it cost me a win, but then I was looking at the bench, and I, I didn't have many other super good options, but, you know, that when, when you put your faith in a player and you're like, I, I, I know you're going to do it, man, I believe in you, and then it, it, yeah, it bit me in the ass this week. Yeah, I thought that Washington was going to have a good, a good week, too. I thought they were going to be able to score. I had Antonio Gibson hurt me. Again, he was the correct play, but maybe with the, the shin injury, I should have been a little more hesitant. He had a whopping 3.4 points. Um, he had a little bit more. I think he had 44 yards, but he had a fumble. He had one catch. Um, I have a lot of Gibson. Yeah, and what really sucks. Lot. Yeah, I know. You drafted him in front of me in every league we drafted in, you dick. But, you know, with this matchup, you expected, like, fireworks. Like, you, you, have, you have the big playmakers, um, and then the Chiefs defense is shit you know that are not good and and you know Mahomes is going to be putting up points or the Chiefs offense I got to give them all credit for it 
Um, and, and you kind of figured that they were going to go blow for blow and it'd be a shootout or even a bunch of garbage time at the end. That's why that was one of the deciding factors was this garbage matchup and hopefully um, just a bunch of throwaway points at the end of the game. And, and neither one of our guys came through. Yours because of injury. Mine, I guess, because of injury, too, with a hamstring. But it was just disappointing, man. Yeah, that was the other thing for me this week was just injuries as a whole. I mean, I know that doesn't – it's not only me. I know that hurt a lot of people. But I have a league where uh, – it's a dynasty league. We have five IR spots. And I have five other guys – that are on IR or were out, including Nick Chubb, Kittle, Logan Thomas. It's a tight end premium league. Yeah. So that hurts. Um, I, turned, I had 10 guys out due to IR or buy this last week. And, uh, you know, that's not including my five-man IR. Yeah. So I had like 15 <laughs> yes. guys out. So Antonio Gibson hurt me. Injuries hurt me. Anybody else hurt you? Oh, man, you're going to make me say it. Um, dude, yeah, so I started Gainwell, um, which, for one, I, I hadn't really intended on doing. I, I, so I took over an orphan team, and I started just blowing it up, trading for whoever I could get. My, my starting running backs when I got this team was uh, Sermon, who was on a bye week, and Gurley, who doesn't. He's on permanent bye week. He's not playing probably ever again and um so i started making all these trades i think i did very well with my team and i ended up with aaron jones and then i also got um gainwell through a trade but after that i got damian harris who had a very good matchup and i was really looking forward to starting him and i thought i'd put him in but i didn't i was looking through all my my leagues making sure my thursday night lineups were set right and not in their flex positions and i totally fucking screwed it up and i did not switch gainwell out and he um yeah he got one fucking yard he got one reception for one fucking yard i don't know what's going on with that eagles offense but it is hot garbage it sucks ass they like the only thing you have is at the end of the game hurts is running in for touchdowns like, did, did you watch that game? Did you see the crowd reaction when Miles Sanders got a carry? Yeah, yeah, they were. Fucking Coors Light, son of a bitch. And we're back. All right. Well, that noise you heard was our uh, delivery guy delivering his fucking Coors Light and dropping it all over the floor because he was so desperate to get our fantasy advice. We actually just changed a life right here in real time. Um, he has Alex Collins. And we recapped exactly what we talked about. And he went ahead and picked up DJ Dallas as his stash. So we do save lives here. Um, doing God's work. We're, we're, we're doing it, man. Like, you, you can't replicate that feeling that we have right now of just good wholeheartedness. Even if somebody is much of a douchebag as Colin, like, we still help. We help you no matter what. Uh, Douchebags are us. We'll yeah, help you out. Yeah, you know, it's the only way you can get better. Uh, so I was talking about Miles Sanders, and I'll just make it real brief. Uh, dude is amazingly talented. Everybody in Philly knows it except for the coaching staff, I guess, because I don't, I don't know what they're doing with their play calling. I don't know if they're limited because Hertz is a limited quarterback or what. But he is getting yeah, – I think he got eight, eight touches in this game, and almost all of them were on one drive, and he drove them all the way down – inside the 10 yard line and then they started throwing the ball and then Hertz just fucking ran it in himself. So it, it, it's troublesome in Philly. You know what I mean? Like it, their, their offense isn't making any sense. It, it invokes memories of Tebow. You know, he'd run in some touchdowns, have a good stat line and the rest of the team would suck because of it. Especially Gainwell. Especially fucking Gainwell. He did not gain well. 
who I just <laughs> traded for in a league as well. Congratulations. <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> okay, let's get into this week's question of the week. I'm actually gonna gonna start us off on it, but the question Ooh, is... Oh, can I ask a question because you're gonna start? Yeah, let's do it. Nick motherfucking Land, what in a super flex league is the value of a quarterback? See how I switched around the wording there. That is a great question. I think that's a question that people don't always understand. There are, a lot of people are used to playing redraft yeah. and used to playing one quarterback league. Mm-hmm. The, in a one quarterback league, you have 12 starting quarterbacks and there's 32 in the NFL. So everybody can easily have two and you will always have a starting quarterback. In the Superflex League, it means you can play a quarterback in your Superflex spots, basically allowing you to play two quarterbacks. That instantly cuts position scarcity down like crazy. Um, You know, in our leagues that we all play, I looked that our 24th quarterback, so our would be, you know, if every team played two, our 24th quarterback averages 20 points a week. Yeah. If you look at our 25th, running back because everybody would play two in their running back position. If you then decided to play your third best running back in the super flex spot, they score about 11 and wide receivers are about 11 and a half at the 25 spot too. Yeah. So you need to play a quarterback. Yeah. They have the most guaranteed points, even in shit matchups, even if they suck, they're getting like it. If your quarterback gets you 15 points, you're like, man, that guy, fucked me this week yeah and that's still better than any of the other options you're going to have at wide receiver or running back yeah so what are quarterbacks worth what to, if you are in a super flex league and you want to trade a quarterback um i say that any quarterback that is starting or has a direct path to starting is worth a first round pick just to start in super flex leagues you to get a quarterback to get a rookie quarterback you have to use one of the top picks i think this year there was six quarterbacks that came out or five uh five that were drafted heavily five that are drafted heavily and in our all our leagues they were gone by pick seven yeah um so if you used a top first pick to draft one of those guys you definitely want to recruit that yeah to start um you know so any and if you have a first round pick and it's early and you're going to take a quarterback so if you're trading to get a quarterback, you have to use that pick. So I would say any quarterback that even has, you know, and by, I mean by potential to start, I mean some of these guys that uh, their starting quarterback is Big Ben and he's 60 years old. Right, right. Of course, they don't have the super competent. But, you know, guys that are, you know, they're going to be starting next year. Like Fields this year. Like he wasn't expected to start, or Lance, he wasn't expected to start this season, Mm -hmm. but you do expect him to take over. Uh, It's inevitable. Like Tua last year, he didn't start the season out, but you knew for a fact he was going to be the starter. Yeah. So it doesn't always necessarily mean you have to use the the 1-1 or the 1-2 to get a quarterback, but pretty much anything after that, you know, that applies. I'd say an established starter um becomes a first and uh you know a first plus easily and you start getting into the top end quarterbacks and they start being uh, first plus and an established star or two plus firsts yeah i i just went all in and i literally gave up 
three firsts, four seconds, a bunch of thirds for, for basically Josh Allen. Right. Like, and when you when you start getting to the top guys, Josh yeah. Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're they're almost untouchable. I mean, almost. Yeah. But I mean, you can't even you know you can't come to somebody and be like, I want to trade for Patrick Mahomes without you, giving them three firsts and. Yeah. probably a mid-range quarterback oh, to even start the conversation. Yeah, you cannot expect to get a deal. You can't go bargain hunting on one of these top-end quarterbacks. You have to go into it saying, that's my player, I'm getting him, I'm going to overpay like crazy because that's what they're worth. Quarterbacks in Superflex leagues are a gold mine. It's why you use the 1-1, one, one, the 1-2, one, the 1-3. I mean, you need to, when you are in a Superflex and you have those early picks, it means... You know, nine times out of ten, it means you had a bad, bad season, and you're trying to to rebuild your roster. Every now and then, it could mean you you made a good trade and you ended up that way. But you know, you have to take those quarterbacks, draft those quarterbacks, and they just are so valuable. Yeah, I mean, so in my part of my notes, I mentioned our buddy AJ, who's in a league. It's a super flex league, and he has Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, and the rest of his team sucks fucking ass. It's it's trash, and he still almost made the playoffs last year just on starting Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, and that's that wasn't even their best year last year. Like right, Jackson didn't right. start going until later in the year. In the first year we started, he was one of the top teams starting Sammy Watkins at wide receiver because he had Mahomes and Lamar Jackson giving you 90 to 100 points every yeah. week. It's crazy. So, yeah, yeah I started a uh, – we had a um, super flex league that started this last year, and I went Mahomes and Dak, and every week I yeah. start at 80 points, yeah. you know, and that the rest of your lineup can suffer a bit to do that. And then, you know, the other thing is, which I think you'll get into here in a minute, but – quarterbacks last so much longer than yeah. a running back or a wide receiver that to to even try to get a quarterback even a quarterback that's you know like even right now if you had a big need and you wanted to get a quarterback like big ben yeah. who's on his way out mm-hmm. i mean he is he can't throw the ball what he was but i mean this could be his last year but you still got to pay a second oh yeah yeah and, and it, it's going to be worth it because he's still going to get you like anywhere from 16 to 30 points a week, you know. And, um, and, and I'll just dive, in, dive into what I'm saying. You're, you're looking at potential players or, or potential picks. You're spot on with all that. But, you know, when you're looking at the mid-tier quarterbacks like Cousin, Carr, Darnold, things like that, um, you, you got to get – a player and a first for sure. And you're looking at like a, a startable wide receiver, like a yeah, Tyler Boyd yeah. or, or Higgins even right now, um, you know, two Bengals players. Those were just the first ones to pop into my head, but you're going to get a first plus a startable asset because it's going to match up with that 20, 25 points a week you're going to get from that quarterback. And um, let's see, in, in Dynasty, it's a huge addition of points that you normally get from your, your you know, Three top three or four running backs, they're getting you the same amount of points that the top ten quarterbacks are getting, but you get them for a decade. You know, you lock up that position. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be there for a good amount of time. For I mean, shit, Ben's on his what 18th year. If you're fucking dumb luck enough to get somebody like Brady, who's going to play for 40 years, um, I mean, if you have Mahomes, you are locked in at an advantage for at least 10 years. In probably much longer. So even if you have a player like that and you're rebuilding, you have time knowing that you have those two positions locked up 
Um, so you can start looking for wide receivers who are going to last like the five or six years. And then once you have your quarterback wide receivers locked up, then you go in for your running backs. But um, you don't you don't ever need to feel bad about trading one of your top assets right now for like, say, even if you have Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or something like that, and you need to package them in a deal plus something for a Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Um, that's gonna that's gonna pay you dividends well beyond even the years where those draft picks are. You're still gonna be able to acquire first round draft picks later, and you're gonna have those positions locked up. So you can you can trade away your next two three years worth of first round picks, like I just did with Josh Allen. And in three or four years, Josh Allen is still gonna be a fucking stud on my team, yep. and I'm gonna have first round picks after that as well. So um, quarterbacks, like it's it's hard to quantify the value because there's such a wide range. But you literally have 25 quarterbacks at at any given time that you need to start, and they all do better. They all pay off higher than your mid-range running back, your mid-range wide receivers. So go fucking get them in superflex. They are your goldmine. That is what like what most people think about running backs and redraft leagues, where the first two rounds is almost all running backs because they're so scarce. It's the same thing with quarterbacks and get their backups. Like it's, you have to. Yeah. I think some of the, some of the leagues that we are in together, we haven't had the, we haven't had players be without a quarterback yet. I think this year is kind of the first year where we're starting to see some guys where, Oh, you know, we had a couple guys specifically that pick one and pick two in a super flex league just skip quarterback they both went running back and now it's starting to be like oh no what do i you know what do i do here and what do i do there and i don't think people have fully experienced the difference of when you know it's a super flex you can play anybody in it you want you can play but you also have regular flex spots so you're not playing your second your third or you probably your fourth running back in that super flex spot you're playing your fourth fifth sixth running back your fourth fifth wide receiver and you're hoping to get nine points out of it right where when you put in the 25th ranked quarterback you're you're getting 20 plus yeah and there's a lot of leagues where 10 points wins you a week loses you oh yeah yeah it's frequent you see a, a couple points swing and then you can see it on your bench and then you know like like you said the 25th quarterback Fucking somebody like Derek Carr, you know Derek Carr, oh, yeah. who who's just a perpetual go go pick him up off waivers and redrafts. Like he's getting you twenty to fucking thirty points every week, except for the week I started him. But that's that's neither here nor there. I know. <laughs> also, and you know, just speaking of leagues, I'm in specifically, and not for everybody out there, but you know, there are those people out there that when somebody sends you a trade, you don't want to just be like, you know, no, I'm gonna stick it to you and try to take advantage of you but when it comes to quarterbacks you know position scarcity makes those more valuable yeah somebody cannot come to you and give you you know a second and a third and get well maybe you can get sam darnold today just because the last couple games but oh you know like you, you need to really just i mean it's it's better for you to just say you know what i'm just gonna hang on to that quarterback especially in dynasty leagues where you have the space i'm just gonna hang on to him yeah, you know, and and when it, you know, t- comes time and you need a win to get in, and now you only have one quarterback. Now, what are you going to pay for that guy? Yeah, and I think that's something that's that's really valuable for anybody listening right now is to understand that just because you're in trade talks doesn't mean it has to finish with a trade. 
you don't need to find ways to justify or use the trade calculators. You know, try to try to figure a way out to make a trade happen just to trade. Don't trade just to trade. It has to make sense. And there's been so many trades that I've been. Um, I think recently I was just talking to Butt Fumble about something. And it was, you know, at the end it was like, dude, I, I just don't think this is going to happen. Our values are different on these players. I don't need this on my team, and I don't want to give up what you want. And that's that. And you move on. Yeah, I had, I had the exact thing. I had a trade offer in a, in a league this week. Um, somebody had Carson Wentz. I have Carson Wentz. He's my third, possibly fourth quarterback on my Superflex team. And offered me Tyrod and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, not Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Moore. Yeah. Uh, I like Elijah Moore. I'm good there. But Tyrod is not, doesn't do anything to me, doesn't move yeah. the needle. And I just told him, I said, I'm sorry, you know, I want to keep Wentz. Yeah. You know, he said, can I add a pick? I said, not really, because I don't want to go down to just having three quarterbacks where, you know, my third quarterback would then be uh, somebody that's on the fence, could lose his job in a year yeah. or two. You know, yeah. I'd rather. He changes teams every year. Right. Yeah. I'd rather just, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I like those guys. I don't think it's a bad trade. I mean, quarterback, right. you know, but I'm just, I would rather stay with the better quarterback and, and just have it. So, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's just better to say, hey, we didn't make a deal. Let's just move on and we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's get into our six-pack of the week. What we're going to do here right. is we went back and we're going to redraft the top six players. We're going to take turns. Miyagi's going to have the one pick. And we're going we're gonna to basically how we would draft them right now based on how the 2021 season has gone. So, you know, spoiler alert, Christian McCaffrey will not be the number one pick. Um, you know, and that's been a couple years since we said that going into a season. Yeah. Um, but with, you know, his injuries and stuff, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Miyagi, who do you got first pick? I mean, how how can it be anybody but Derrick Henry? You know, right. like in that position group, especially at running backs. I mean, he's outscored the second running back by sixty points. It's ten points a week. Like he's just under a thousand yards already. Um, he's the offense. He shows no sign of slowing down. He's Fucking, he's amazing, all right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. not a whole lot of analysis. Just watch a fucking video clip of Derrick Henry running through somebody's face, and you'll understand why he's the number one overall pick. We started <laughs> this podcast this year in 2021, and we just have to be the most homerish oh, yeah, Derrick Henry <laughs> podcast. I know, and, I mention him every week. And it's funny, is you know, our love for him didn't start until 2021. <laughs> but yeah, Derrick Henry, number one, one, one overall, no questions asked, any format. Um, you know, even in full PPR, yeah. he's been catching the ball a little bit more this year and just running over everybody. Clearly the one, one. Yeah. At two, I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. It's a good call. Uh, he has been so good after week one, week one, we had the overreactions. He was <laughs> done. He was old. He couldn't do it since then. He has just been on a tear. Yep. He's getting you know yards and yards on yards he's been catching the ball he's been getting you know touchdowns um they just everything's been coming his way and he has looked really good so i i'm gonna take him at two yeah and they're utilizing him the way he should be now like he's not somebody you split carries with you let him 
be your workhorse. You let him wear Get down the, the defense. Yeah, and and by that fourth quarter, he knows exactly who he's been hitting hard and targets them and just fucking runs right through them. It's not quite the same as Derrick Henry, but you can see people hesitate quite like for a, that millisecond in the fourth quarter, like, damn, do I want to let this guy do this to me again? And And that's just the break he needs to – you know, run 20 yards or touchdown. So that's a good call. Uh, I'm going to take almost the opposite. I'm taking Austin Eckler, who's just a little fella. Um, But especially if it's a PPR league, half-point PPR, I'm still taking him at three. Uh, He's a focal point of the offense. He's getting the red zone work, which we didn't think, we thought that might have been a problem uh, before the season started. Um, That's why he was slipping in a lot of drafts, because the the red zone work... um, seemed like it wasn't it he didn't seem like he was going to have a high volume because he is a little guy and in the red zone you want like a bigger back just pounding the ball in but um he's getting touchdowns uh he doesn't have somebody eating in, into his usage as much as we thought moving right, into the right. season he is the the running back and uh i you know i just like him i like his whole attitude towards everything uh, i like his work ethic uh he's an amazing teammate as far as everything i've heard and uh, I'm a big fan of him and a big fan of what he does on the field, and I would happily take him uh, right now at number yeah. three. I, I love Austin Eckler. I'm a huge fan. I've drafted him everywhere I could, especially in redraft this year. Um, and, yeah, attitude seems great. He embraces fantasy football, yes. which is great. Um, I mean, even the Browns love him. They drag him into the end zone. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's just like, and you could see he wasn't happy about that touchdown, but he did his guitar, his air guitar yeah, anyway yeah. for the fans. He was just like, damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm sitting here at four. I really wanted to go Cooper Cup here, but with position scarcity and the running backs, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. He is so involved in the offense. Uh, he catches, catches balls. He scores touchdowns. Um, I actually thought he had more than he did this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he had four in one game, but um, he is—he's just—he's the focal point. Well, he's—he rushes the ball, which gets everything going, sets up the pass, and then I mean he and they—he's part of the pass game too. Yeah, so and, yeah, and they have no. I feel like there are some teams that. I don't know if it's true or not. I just feel like they spread touchdowns around. They're like, oh, this guy has too many. We need to go other places. <laughs> the Packers don't do that. No. They have two guys that score touchdowns, and that's what they do. Yeah. And Aaron Jones is one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, I feel like he. I'm happy to have him at the four spot um, over some of these other guys. Uh, Cooper Cup has been amazing. Um, I just wasn't quite ready to go wide receiver there. You know what? I, I am. Um, I am taking Cooper Cup here. Uh, my, my plan for taking a wide receiver, especially him at this point, is I would try to uh, stack him with Stafford a little bit later in the draft, maybe nice. you know, take yeah. him one round before you know he would normally be going. Um, but, I mean, the dude already has 650 yards with seven touchdowns. Dude is rude. Yeah, he has not had a bust game. Like, I consider under seven points is where I kind of consider a bust, especially, you know, of a wide receiver of his caliber. He hasn't had a single one of those yet. And um, his, his season low is 64 yards with five receptions. So that's, you know, a half-point PPR. He's keeping you afloat. He yeah, hasn't been yeah. the reason you've lost. And he has 144 points, which is only second to Derrick Henry at this point. Yeah, I saw that when, when I was looking at stats for this. I saw that he was number two in yeah, points. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And, and I'll tell you how crazy it is. I actually um, statted out 
you know, what he's projected to do at this pace, which is always kind of silly to do. But in, in this case, I, I really was curious because Cooper Cup is absolutely fucking killing it. So um, at this point, he's on pace for 181 targets. That's a lot. He's uh, on pace for, and, and again, this is 16 games, so you can compare this to uh, the last couple wide receivers who've been the wide receiver one. He's, he's on pace for 122 receptions, 1,741 yards, and just under 19 touchdowns. Jesus. That's, that's going to be a total of 384 fantasy points. And to put that in comparison, last year's wide receiver one, Devontae Adams, who had like 20 touchdowns, he was killing it, he got 336. <laughs> so we're looking at like 50 points more. It's insane. And it, Devontae Adams' season was just unreal. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the 2019 wide receiver one, the historical Michael Thomas season, mm-hmm. he had like mm-hmm. 1,700 yards. and catches. Yeah. A t- fucking, he had like 150. <laughs> he broke the record. He only, he only had 350 fantasy points. Wow. So Cup's on pace to beat him by 30 and then Tyreek Hill the explosive year he had in 2018 where he really established himself and he was a wide receiver one was only 325 fantasy points so Cooper Cup if he can keep on this pace if he keeps his chemistry with Stafford which he very obviously seems, seems to have, to have yeah. and this is everything I hope for preseason with this McVay offense with Stafford at the helm this is what I was hoping would happen and Cooper Cup is just fucking making my dreams come true man all right, you talked me into it. I'm going right. to take him at four. Right. <laughs> Shit, I get Aaron Jones. <laughs> so moving into spot six, uh, there was a few people in play for me. Uh, people you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, um, he's, he's available. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end, he's available. Um, but overall, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. He has been coming through coming on hot and fast the last couple of weeks uh huge plays in both passing game and the running plays um been scoring touchdowns uh going into the season uh Naimeen Hines was kind of a big pickup to uh you know he was gonna take some of the work and it started yeah. out that way but the last few weeks they've just been feeding Jonathan Taylor um I think he's has the potential to be a RB1 well maybe RB2 because King Henry is yeah. <laughs> Pretty much running away with it. But I, I think I would take him at six. Um, so that gives us uh, our top six. Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor is a really good pick because we saw it at the end of last year, and he was amazing. I reached for him in a couple other drafts. Um, the talents there, his utilization was going to be a question mark this year because Wentz as quarterback is different than Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers would just check the ball down. Naeem Hines got most of the credit for that, but he was throwing the ball to Taylor as well. And so to see him finally getting uh, work back in the passing game, like he had that, what, 75-yard touchdown, right, little screen right. pass, that little little dump off where he just gets a little bit of room. Um, he's he's a monster as well. He's you know just a little boy next to standing next to Derrick Henry, but you put him next to the average human. This guy's fucking huge. Yeah. So yeah. and he's incredibly fast. So uh, that's a smart pick. I I do want to um, ask though. You mentioned Kelsey. Um, how do you value that positional advantage? Like when when you can have a tight end, one of those top three tight ends or four against everybody else who's scrambling to stream tight ends how do you how do you perceive that in your week-to-week matchups so that's a great question um 
I love having one of the top tight ends to give you that positional uh, advantage and do that. And I think if we were doing this preseason, um, I think that Travis Kelsey would have been in play for me there. Yeah. Doing this at week six, he's not doing yeah. Travis Kelsey things. I mean, he's still been really good, and I think he's, uh, you know, he's still a top five tight end, but he's not the number one tight end. There yeah. are other tight ends that are doing stuff. Um, I still think he would come into play in the first round if we kept going all the way to 12. Yeah. But um, just, I mean, that was the point of this, was to go to right now, to go through week six and, and redo this. Um, so I, I like that. I always reach for a tight end. I, in all my leagues, have a ton of tight ends. and um, But it, it just hasn't quite been the season of the tight end the way the last two, three years have been. I mean, none of the guys, Kittles hurt, Wallers, you know, catching four to five balls a week. Uh, Kelsey had a week where he did bust. He, he didn't help you. I mean, he's definitely had others. But, you know, he's doing things that are great. He's doing 97 yards but no touchdowns, you know. And Hawkinson has been actually rough. Hawkinson's got multiple games of under five points, and he's who I've drafted in multiple leagues. So go, before the season, all those guys would have been in play for me to get going. Uh, now... Right now, week six, they get pushed down a little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I agree with everything you're saying. I just, I, I was, I don't know if you saw me chuckling over here. I was doing a real quick stat projection for Travis, Travis Kelsey on what we're, because I'm, I'm right there with you. It just hasn't seemed like he's the game-breaking tight end that, that we're used to. But the fucker's still on pace. 16 games. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my projections to that for this year so they can, we can compare them to last year and everything like that. He's still on pace for 1,200, 1200 yards, 1,248 yards and just over 10 touchdowns, which by a which tight end you up there. Yeah. Which it, the tight end standard is fucking incredible. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, I, I, I'm right there with you, though. It just doesn't seem like that Kansas City offense – has been the same probably because of the losing record or whatever, but I, I, I mean, his, his stats are saying he's having one of his best seasons again. Um, I just think it, it's kind of overshadowed by Mark Andrews killing it lately. But, yeah, having that positional advantage where you know you're winning that tight end position by anywhere from five to ten points and you can kind of screw around with your other positions later in the draft, I, I find that as a huge advantage, which I didn't a few years ago. I'm just starting to appreciate it, mostly because of fucking Travis Kelsey. So I just wanted to ask, you mentioned his name, so I wanted to share yeah, that with no, you. I'm, share I'm that actually with the folks. So kind of surprised that that's what he stats out to be just because I have him in a few leagues and haven't felt that that's been going, you know, the way it has yeah. been. Um, but I, maybe that's because I feel like in years past he would do huge blow-up games where it was 150 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches, and, you know, just hasn't had quite a bunch of those yet. Yeah, he had the one game against Philly where he had 23 yards. Uh, but besides that, he started the season 76 yards, 109, 104, the 23 game, 57 but a touchdown, and then this last week against Washington, he had 99 yards. Yeah. So yeah. he's putting the yardages up. Um, the first game he had the two touchdowns, so it does seem a little scarce since then. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's fucking Travis Kelsey, man. I think that's the thing, too, is none of those games blow you away as being like, oh, my gosh, that was, I mean, well, the one game, two touchdowns. Yeah. But, you know, nothing about it blows you away. But... When you look at another tight end, right, it'll be like, yeah, you know, 100 yards and a touchdown, yay, and then 26 yards. Yes, yeah. 
31 yards, exactly. 29 yards. Oh, another 100 t- yards and a, you know, a touchdown. Where Kelsey is consistently going to hit those 70, 70, 70, 70 yards. Yeah. And, yeah, when I'm thinking about each game, I'm not like, oh, man, Kelsey won me this week or, you know. Yeah. But you never have those, well, Kelsey lost me. A, right, a, a right. I mean, so it's basically starting your wide receiver. And right. I think last year he would have been the wide receiver nine. Um, right, right. <laughs> but you get to start him as your tight end. So, all right. Just real quick, uh, no Christian McCaffrey, no Dalvin Cook in our top six. Uh, did you think about them at all? I did. You know, I thought about Dalvin Cook for a moment just because it, it seemed like I'm supposed to. Um, but, you know, he's he's missed a couple weeks already. He's dealing with an injury that's, that's lingering. Um, I've kind of gotten past his early career injury uh, history. Um, it's like injury-prone designation. Um, but you can't, you can't deny the fact that if, if he's hurt, Madison's also shown that he can be part of that offense. Right. Um, they might lighten his workload a bit. It might be more of not necessarily committee back, but instead of getting, you know, 90% of the snaps, it might get dropped down to 75. Um, and that, that can translate to taking you from the number one or number two running back to, you know, number six or seven. So I, I just felt like everybody we mentioned here, their, their usage and their health has been um, mostly the deciding factor. There's no denying if Christian McCaffrey's healthy, like that dude has my heart. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, same with Dalvin Cook. If they're 100% healthy and you know you have them for the season, absolutely I would be putting them in play. But um, that's not the case. So I think for myself, knowing Christian McCaffrey was actually on IR, he's actually out, bumps him down the list. Yeah. And then Dalvin Cook, I can't lie, I haven't had Dalvin Cook in six years on my team. And uh, it's hard to um, not totally see him as injury prone. I feel like that was changing and I was completely over it. And then this year it happens again. But that's dumb. Every running back misses two games a year yeah. plus. So, um, But I just took Jonathan Taylor there at six. I think uh, I didn't mention Dalvin Cook as being in it, but he was there. Yeah. I just think what Jonathan Taylor has done the last couple games have kind of overstepped that. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to see what's got us buzzed. We've, we've finished our beer of the day, and we've had a six-pack for the week. What's got you excited for fantasy football this week? Um, well, for, for me, man, it's just, you know, it's the fever, dude. It's, we're, we're fully immersed in the fantasy season. Uh, we, can, we, can stay with, we can say with certainty certain things. Like the Cardinals, they're good. You know, the Texans, yeah. they fucking suck. They historically suck. Uh, we can have confidence in players that we were on the fence about before the season. Cooper Cup was one of my players. I was on the fence over. I was actually trying to shop him before the season. Not anymore. Um, Mike Williams has always been a question mark. Dude's killing it. Just traded for him. Um, Hollywood Brown, I'm, I'm in, but then you also see Rashad Bateman come in and start getting some targets. So the question mark's still kind of there. But for, yeah, I mean, going back to last season, he's getting over 10 targets a game. He's getting touchdowns. He's getting that yardage. So hopefully we can we can keep up with that. And then at this point of year, you know who the fucking drop? Like Mike Davis, I'm I'm done dealing with that. Like it, it, I was hopeful at the beginning of the season, but not anymore. Uh, every every tiny little bit of news that comes out is impactful. You're you're rushing to your waiver wire. You're checking your lineups. You're checking to see who has fucking Josh Gordon or anything like that. You're you're everything is relevant in in the football season right now. And this is like my favorite part of the year because. I mean, 
with the amount of leagues we're in, it, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but when you get a tiny bit of news or you hear somebody's injured or you hear um, trade rumors, you know, you go to your waiver wires or you go see who, who uh, has that player on their team already, you try to work out trades. Like the amount of trades I've done in the last probably two weeks is more than I did anything before the season started. So like this time of year, all the way up till probably two weeks before the playoffs is when certain leagues I'm just like all right it ain't happening but then you know in your favorite leagues which you're you should be a contender and if they're your favorite that's why you like them like you should just be all in trying to shop out for players trying to maneuver trying to um you know look at further down the line see who has those playoff matchups that you want to take advantage of and mostly just beating Blake man fuck that guy you know that's that's the best time of year and I just did that um, in our, 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 well, my favorite, uh, the expert league, which he's a defending champ. I won the first year, and I just got to kick the dog shit out of him. So uh, that's, that's the best time of year for me, man. Like, that's what's got me buzzed right now. It's just everything fantasy football. There's football almost half the days of the week, and I'm loving every second of it. And um, that's, that's, that's what's got me buzzed, man. How about for you, dude? Dude, I agree with you, everything you said there. What's got me buzzed? is it's that time of year. It's the time of year in Dynasty football where if you're winning, you're winning. Oh, yeah. But it's the time where if you're losing, you're winning. Yep. What I'm saying there is it's time to decide. It's time to, it's time to decide. If you're not doing it, let's fire sale. Yeah. Let's fire sale that bitch. <laughs> and I just did it literally <laughs> last night. I have a league that... I won the championship in last year. Yep. Uh, I think that Josh Allen kind of won that championship for me. I had Josh Allen and James Robinson, and they kind of pulled it out for me. Yeah. Going into this year, my team is not what I'd hoped it was. Right. Um, but there's a back-to-back championship pot where if you win back-to-back, you win a separate pot that's been growing and it continues to grow until someone wins it. So I struggled with deciding I want to win the back-to-back pot. I'm a 1-1, just got to win the other one, and it's not happening. Yeah. I got 10 guys on IR. Right. Um, you know, when, when the buy, this buy week cry week happened, I had to really look at my team, and I can't really move forward in a top tier way with the guys that I have left and the guys that I have going. So I put everybody on the trade block. I traded Mike Williams to you Oh yeah. this morning. Got we him. made that trade. We finished that. I got um, George Kittle. I got him on the, on the block. Hopefully we'll be finalizing that. I got, uh, you know, some other guys, uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, some of, you know, some of them, unfortunately on my team, they're injured, but that's yeah. the reason. But so now I am planning to get a bunch of picks, get a bunch of young guys that have, you know, potential and opportunity and move forward. I'm not going to chase trying to make that that sixth spot in the playoffs and, oh, anything can happen. Well, anything did happen to my team. Everybody got injured. (laughs) So do I want to keep trying that struggle and try to work you know, and get all these guys to finish sixth? 
you know, or do I want to just sell some of my stars? My team's going to fall down. I'll probably finish around number eight, you know, which means a little bit higher draft pick, mm -hmm. but hopefully with some of the draft picks I've picked up and some of the younger, you know, guys with potential that I'm going to, going to trade for, uh, in the next year or two, I'll be ready to go again. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I missed out on that back to back pot this year, but I wasn't getting there anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're doing it the inverse of what I did last week was, you know, if you're, if you're a winning team, you look at some of the, the bottom dwellers and see if they got some assets you can pick or choose from. And you're, you're just doing the exact same thing, but in reverse. You're like, oh, you saw my team, I'm 5-1 and one right now. You're like, dude, chase that championship, man. Get Mike Williams. And you know, like, I got a soft spot for that guy. So, I mean, there's, um, that, that's the right way to do it. That's absolutely the right way to do it. You, you, have to, you have to really look yourself in the mirror. And that's what I did. I, had, I, had, I have Chuba Hubba on my team. I don't have Christian McCaffrey. Somebody else does. And last week he reached out to me and said, hey, I, 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 want, I want to do something. And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm competing <laughs> for the championship. I don't, I don't know if I, can, if I can really sell him. And then looked in the mirror and told myself, if I'm trying to start Chuba Hubba <laughs> as my starting running back You're not to win the, the championship, championship. Not I'm not chasing yeah. the championship anymore. And it's, yeah. it's fun, actually. It's, it's not... You know, it's that's the thing. If I'm now going in the direction I want picks and I'm going to do that and I'm going to try to rebuild my team that way because, man, trying your hardest to finish fifth is not fun. No. You know, yeah. I mean. And that's what's great about dynasties because, like you said, when you're losing, you're winning. Like, you're setting up for a fucking monster run. And then during the draft season, that's the funnest. You know, that. Yeah. That, no, that's exactly. So I'm excited that I've that I've started that process today. I've gotten quite a few uh, trade offers. I've accepted some. I'm working on some others. Um, and, you know, it's the time of year, too. You get to, you know, tell people, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get this guy from you, and this guy's giving me this. Can you match that or can you beat that? And, you know, you, you get to do the trading part, which is the fun part anyways. Yeah. And I'm no longer stressed out about if I can play Chuba Hubba and hopefully he can get me 14 points to beat some Joe Schmo while Miyagi's team's five and one and is running away with it anyways. Yeah. So let's make history right here on the podcast. Let's just complete that trade I sent you and what we'll make history right I, now. I mean, <laughs> is that really making history? It's I mean, history for our podcast. You've not accepted a trade live on the air that's being recorded to be played later. But I also haven't heard back from the guy who's first I really want. I mean I did hear that he doesn't want to give it to me, so that should count for something. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if he's even <laughs> looked at it. Is there a read receipt on these? No, but you know how they do, um, they now have where you can send a direct message. Oh, right, right. In the direct message, it has the little, it shows you where the little oh, dots cool. down. Love sleeper, man. Always making it better. I wish they would have, yeah. That's just the thing I like. I just want to know if someone has seen the trade. If they've seen the trade, I feel like, okay, now I can, yeah. you know, make a more decision. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys, you're not going to see history here today. I. I'm not going to I was just using that. them to try to force you into it anyway, man. That's <laughs> trying to get me to make a, a drunken trade, <laughs> which gets us into our drunk trade of the week, brought to you by at Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. Um, this one was pretty bad. This one actually happened in our league specifically. Yeah. Uh, a guy um, traded Sam Darnold, and this was 
two weeks ago, a week yeah. and a half ago. I mean, Sam Darnold it was, was. It was two weeks ago. It was yeah. right when he was still on. He was like Sam the, Darnold was the. He was Sam Vick. Yeah, he was leading the league in rushing touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, he was highly sought after, and um, the guy accepted. He gave up Sam Darnold, and he received uh, two seconds. That's not a first. A third. That's and Jacoby Brissett. Superstar Jacoby Brissett. Which, if you had listened to the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how quarterbacks that have a starting position are worth minimum a first plus. Mm -hmm. At Sam Darnold's position where he was going first plus, plus an established player. Is Jacoby Brissett an established player? Uh, He's an established backup. Oh, he's a backup. So, so that kind of makes sense, though. I mean, if you have the starter, yeah, if you got you're, Tua, you're, you're getting the backup that solidifies so this your guy's position. This guy got Tua, right? Oh, you know what? I looked. I have Tua. Oh shit! He he doesn't have Tua. Um. So yeah, two seconds, a third, and a perennial backup for Sam Darnold, who at the time was worth two firsts. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. You could have got you could have got two firsts because. The way he was playing and the upswing of that team with him at the helm, that's also when Christian McCaffrey was still starting and they had a winning record. Um, he had the potential of being what he was drafted to be as the number three overall pick when they took him. He was coming out of college, highly sought after. You were getting glimpses of him making the right reads, throwing touchdowns, and then rushing touchdowns too. So you get that like mobile quarterback bonus in there as well. And to fucking except two seconds and that's all i'm gonna mention because that's all you're getting the third is the third you can throw that into any trade whatever and then Brissett, you're gonna fucking drop him soon like he's gonna take up a roster spot and you're gonna drop him like yeah he's old too yeah he's dude it's like i actually put in the chat i uh, you know we have our group chat in the league and i was like what's the thought process here like you take a backup quarterback and you don't even get one first for darnold yeah and uh, he said he has a value chart. Yeah. He traded 20 points of value. So Sam Darnold was worth 20 points of value for 37. Yeah, that's not. Um, that's so not. I hit him with the old, ah, trade calculators. Got it. Um, my only thought could be that it's not a super flex um, value chart. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only explanation. Could there be a one quarterback, which it, would make the seconds more valuable. Because I don't know that it's awful. It's an awful trade. Yeah, it's 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 not well thought out. And honestly, like if you're using trade calculators, which I do, I use them as a reference, kind of like see what see what the pros kind of value certain players at and everything. For one, make sure you have the settings right because for every type of league, it's different. Redraft is different than dynasty. Superflex, it's different than just standard one quarterback. Um, but then also just use your head. like Because a, a trade calculator actually made a joke trade sent to you in the offseason that involved Sam Darnold, which was just like 12 players worth of garbage that right, added up right. to, to Sam Darnold. And you're like, what the fuck is this, man? I was like, dude, it's kind of a joke. But Didn't like, you post it in Bad Fantasy Trades and people I, were like losing their shit over it? I think it? so, yeah. Like, it, no, we, we get it. We're it, just showing how bad calculators are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, just use your head, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, man, people are crazy. Let's, uh, let's quickly, let's get into a couple um, matchups that, that we can take advantage of and uh, try to get some fantasy points out of. Who do, who do, what's a matchup you're looking into this week? So it's super gross for, for like 
NFL standards. But for fantasy, I think that um, actually the the Falcons and Dolphins could be a goldmine, man. Yeah. Like the Falcons, um, you know, they've got playmakers. Matt Ryan, say what you want about him slowing down this year, but he, um, in the last two weeks, has, or the last two weeks that he started, has actually put up good numbers. Yeah, he's actually looked more like Matt Ryan yeah. the first couple weeks. Yeah, he's for got sure. six touchdowns in the last two weeks. Um, he's thrown. 342 yards and then 283 yards so both very respectable games and um the dolphins they're 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 giving up yards man they're they're, yeah their defense is not what it was it fell the fuck off i'm not exactly sure what happened but they're not doing it and then you got ridley coming back um he's been a huge disappointment this year for sure but i don't think he's going to spend all year without getting a good game well and matt ryan was kind of a disappointment in those earlier times too yeah. so matt ryan's kind of turned it around i can easily see ridley turning oh, it yeah. around oh yeah and well. now with the utilization of, of cordell patterson that's opening it up more downfield because they have to watch out for those little screen passes and then they're fucking finally using pits the way he was supposed right. to be used it's hard to say finally cuz tight ends normally take a while to de- to develop but you know, everybody knew when this guy's getting drafted, he's going to be the greatest tight end of all time, future Hall of Famer before he played a snap. <laughs> you know, it, 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 and they, they took him, what, number four overall? Yeah. And now they're using him this last week. If that's a glimpse of how they're going to use him, that's just going to open up the field more for Ridley. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And on the Dolphins' side, the offense looked better with Tua, man. Tua looked really good. Like, Waddle was fucking getting targets. He didn't have those huge breakaway touchdowns, which are there. He can get them. And he still managed, like... 10 receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns. Um, dude has huge play capabilities. So, like, that could be big time. Gesicki is finally getting utilized in that offense. He's a crazy physical talent. Um, you know, you could you could potentially throw in Gaskins, who's kind of been on or off. Uh, if it turns into a shootout, I'm even considering starting Preston Williams with all the bipocalypse and, and crybaby bye week. Um, it's just there's, there's depth on that. And with... Tua's, um, damn, I'm having a total brain fart. Um, his chemistry with Waddle from college, like they're they're looking towards each other and right, they're getting it right. done. And then when you look at somebody like Preston Williams, who's six five and two twenty, he's a big body, he's physical, he's a knucklehead, so he gets in trouble off the field. But if he's on the field, he can make those plays as well. So that's the game I'm looking at, man. It's it's probably not one I'm gonna watch. Um, I'll, I'll watch the replay of it and watch the highlights and stuff because it's probably going to be really ugly, but I do see a potential for a shit ton of points being scored in that one. Yeah, I, I actually, that's funny you say about the points. I actually took the easy way out. I took the highest over-under for the week from Vegas at uh, Kansas City at Tennessee. Their over-unders at 56.5, so you know they're scoring points. Both defenses are really bad, and both offenses are high-powered. I mean, you know, you can you can run on Kansas City, you can pass on Kansas City, you can, uh, you know, so expect the the guys from Tennessee to do that. AJ well, they don't Brown's have a good running back. game. So. Hopefully he's not going to be <laughs> sick this week, so he'll be putting up points. Yeah, Derrick Henry's probably going to run for 1,000 yards this game. And then Kansas City, of course, they they just put up points. So yeah. hopefully just, you know, it, it's the easy way out, but ride your studs, especially in a bye week where it's like this. Let's let's ride the studs you have and, and get it done. And what do you think about Hardman? He's been getting a, a little bit more look lately. Look like they've been manufacturing him looks a little bit exactly, more. Exactly, So yeah. I, I think he has the opportunity to, uh, you know, if he hit, I think he though I think he's looking like you're gonna get him like 70 yards and if he hits a touchdown you had a great game um, in the bye week thing you you may need to play him anyways yeah. but hope he scores that touchdown and probably with the many buys you know 
seven points isn't going to kill you anyways. Right. So yeah, I'm looking to start him in some daily uh, daily fantasy league. So yeah, it looks like they've been you know they were trying to give him some sweeps and, yeah. and trying to give him some you know screens at the line to try to get his speed to go. Yeah, so. yeah. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Thursday night, make sure you unflex your players. Uh, move all your Thursday night players out of your flex spots. Just give yourself the flexibility to play in any position your flex spots later in the week. Um, thanks for listening. We're happy to have you guys. Uh, every week I say something about um, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I'm just going to say that I promise we're working on getting it onto Apple Podcasts. Max, I need help. <laughs> That's cute that he's listening. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, Miyagi, love just sitting here talking fantasy with you. We can probably do it for another three hours. Yeah, after I was going to say, stop we, here. We, we for sure Because after this podcast is over, we're going to talk football for another hour for sure. Thanks for listening. Peace Deuces. out.